what's up and welcome to another episode of black in the maritimes i'm fidel i'm hillary and i'm clinton and it's the end of the year episode uh, this is where we are going to talk about the year i guess i mean first of all i don't know where you are in the world and wherever the hell you are uh Thank you for listening to us. I definitely will say that. Uh, I, I think everybody has been coming a long way with this COVID thing. So, I mean, you know, props to who are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to us. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we hear you just, we just, you know, we hear you, but you just don't know it, I guess. We're Facebook or Google or whatever other spy thing that gets you. So, uh let's start guys like what is uh wow i said i literally said we're facebook we're google and google started like can i assist you on something i was like holy shit <laughs> you're being google. spied on already yeah, it's the end getting of the year. Like, google, google is already knowing what i want well they already know it is, what it is. we've been so, being spied on yeah. yeah yeah so let's talk like guys like what has been interesting uh, personally for you guys this year uh let's start with you clinton interesting for me um so much uh i think it would be easier for me to talk about like what i've been thankful for and maybe later on in the show in terms of interesting in terms of news events and stuff like that i can i can get into that for sure yeah go ahead um the cliche answer is i'm, I'm really thankful for for my health i've been uh, you know i've had uh, i had some really bad eczema for from past years or got that under under control so that's been really amazing for me but I'm definitely thankful for, you know, my wife, my kids, my parents, siblings, everyone. And I'm seeing big blessings from my family in 2022, that's for sure. Um, somehow through the pandemic, we made a lot of great new friends in 2021. So I'm thankful for, for all of them. Definitely thankful for, for you two, uh, Fidel and Hillary. Um, even thankful for the team members that are no longer uh, with us, um, meaning they're not on the show anymore. <laughs> Everyone's, yeah, okay, that's, that's from the pre-show people that are no longer with us on the show but uh the three of like we have done some amazing things in 2021 that we're going to talk about later uh and i'm thankful really that you know the one thing i'm thankful about in this whole covid pandemic is that you know as busy as i've been i've learned to take time for myself i've learned to take time for me and slow down focus on a work-life balance um although no one's hearing it like taking time every week to work on my music and life and living. Um, thankful for my business. I'm almost done. This is, uh, I can hear the music playing. <laughs> uh, thankful for my business and the, the, the team, like I, my team at the business, both at the salon spa and the online store. Uh, all the work they've done to keep us going is just amazing. Um, Black in the Maritimes, all the opportunities it's brought myself and all of us has been mind-blowing i think it's made some change in new brunswick i think it's changed some people's life i think it's helped open up some some people's eyes and whether even if it's just moving the bar a little bit i think what we're doing and the people we're working with is helping to you know make a better future for black people and you know fight racism and, and so make a better future for all people of color immigrants and everyone um not to be like shallow but this has been a good year for me financially. So I'm thankful that things are more stable than they've been in the past. And that's it. I think those are a lot of the things I'm thankful for. What about you, Hillary? What are, what are you thankful for? Buckle up. It's the best year of my whole life. <laughs> I'm thankful for this podcast, for both of you, that COVID plateau to a point where I could meet you guys in person, that we could make that content, that we could like connect in that way. And I think that was really great. 
I'm thankful that I got to build a relationship with my father and live with him and pay $33,000 of debt. I'm thankful that I then worked three jobs and saved another several tens of thousands of dollars so that I could immediately vacate his home after the time had run out and it was time to leave with my <laughs> spaghetti straps and my shorts and wear what I want. Um, I'm thankful for this apartment and to be in Toronto, but um, to still have this connection to New Brunswick that is so profound. It is so important to me that we get to do this work and affect the place that I grew up and that I do love really deeply, despite how much sometimes I talk shit about New Brunswick. Um, happy to have my cat, happy to have all of these jobs and all of these opportunities. Very thankful for my health and my sobriety. This journey has been two years long. It's really not been easy. It was easy in the pandemic at my dad's where there were people living with me. It's been a lot harder by myself to stay sober, to not drink, to not do drugs. Um, but I'm still here kicking ass and doing it and doing three hours of therapy every week to make sure that I am still on the straight and narrow. And I'm very, very proud of all of that hard work that I'm done happy for all of the endeavors that I've gotten to do because of the podcast that are not directly related, like write my own play for Saturday and be part of like panels talking about the BIPOC experience. Um, honestly thankful that Clinton helped me get my job because Clinton was a reference for my job. And that has opened many doors in the community health sector. I'm very happy about that. Um, yeah, I, I could not be happier and healthier and by and large, very, very happy that despite the pandemic, I get to talk to my mother every single week, that she is happy that she's well, um, and that COVID hasn't destroyed that relationship by any means. And oddly enough, it's made it and my relationship with my father stronger. And I've never had better friendships, better family bonds, or better relationships than 2021. So blessed, stressed, well-dressed. <laughs> wow. That is, that is deep. I, I definitely got to be thankful for a lot of things myself. I, I, I went back to see my family in Dominican, which I, I haven't seen them since the COVID. I definitely thankful for that. So my uncles, uh, thankful for the situation that I am in. Uh, I definitely, uh, I, I, I'm thankful for every day for everything that happens uh the podcast of course and things that i've been doing behind the scenes i mean it's it's kind of incredible and a little bit surreal for me just because of the fact that uh and not to sound like everything that i kind of dream of kind of takes shape uh so that definitely i'm definitely thankful for that I, i'm definitely thankful for for everything that has happened in my life uh you know like living job uh podcast like things things that i i, I you know i could be more specific than you guys but i i think uh, you know overall I, I think life has been you know this pandemic has kind of been a humbling experience because it could have been way worse like i've seen i seen other cases and and uh definitely has been a, a bit uh overwhelming for a lot of people and it makes you kind of put in hindsight that Even if you're having a really bad day, you're still here. <laughs> like you're still grinding this. Like it, it could be way worse, dude. And I'm, and I'm like, oh my god, this is uh, it's quite a humbling experience to be to be honest with you. So 
uh, I'm definitely thankful for all the things that that I have been able to accomplish. And and for you guys, I mean, definitely it's been it's been quite a journey. I think there's way more to come. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely thankful for that. And 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 I think the first time in my life. I'm actually thankful for being in New Brunswick because we had it kind of cool in the past two years or the, I mean, the pandemic. Now it's really bad. It's incredibly bad right now. But uh, overall, comparing places like Toronto and Quebec and all those places, New Brunswick hasn't been that, that bad. So, so yeah, definitely thankful for that. So anyways, so we're going to go. That was nice. That was good. That was nice. It's, it's, it feels good to be grateful. I, I, I like that. I'd like to add one more thing I'm grateful for. In the last two weeks, I've had another two negative COVID tests, which is a, a accumulation of nine. I've been tested nine <laughs> times this pandemic, and we're still we're still dropping negatives, but I feel like my time is running out. I'm very worried, but I just want to say very thankful That's for cool. that. That's cool. One more thing I'll say, too, before you go on, Fidel, <laughs> is that when we did this thankfulness thing last year in 2020, I didn't know what to say, and I didn't have a lot to be thankful for 2020 was a really rough year on me like uh, mentally and stuff like that so i was looking forward to this one because it's been such a better year and uh yeah it's, it's... yeah i i like i said i i am definitely uh i'm definitely the uh, definitely this past two years with covid and we're going to talk about covid in a little bit uh, it's it's been quite humbling it's been quite a humbling experience uh at least for me for me it's like I decided to slow myself down a bit. Yep. Like I yep. slowed, like I literally slowed down. And I was like, ah, this is, this is, this might not be that bad. Like this might not be that, that, that bad. But, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's, uh, it's, it's a very, been very humbling with COVID. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask, like we had two years of COVID guys, not one, two years of this. Uh, and just Clinton, just starting with you because you said like this, like this year was a very different than last year. Uh, how do you think we would move forward in 2022 when it comes to COVID? Like, cause it's like it's not going away. <laughs> it's definitely this shit ain't this shit ain't leaving. <laughs> It'll never leave. How could it? It's a, it's a virus. It's a disease. I mean, you still got measles. We thought we had eradicated the world of measles and all these other all these other diseases out there. They're they're life. There's their species. They're they're always going to be here. They're going to from March of 2020. Like I've been saying, like COVID is here forever. It's going to mutate. They were talking about the vaccine. I said that's great. It's going to be like the flu shot. We're going to have to keep on getting these shots forever, just like the flu shot. It, it's going to be here. Um, my hope is that we develop better vaccines, um, but also that you know our immune systems will start to become stronger and adapt to these things. Just like viruses mutate, uh, our immune systems have to mutate and evolve and adapt as well. I just hope that eventually COVID, which is kind of like the cold, it's from the same strain, um, becomes like the cold to us. I just hope people continue to get stronger and that eventually we can move on. I mean, we got the Omicron transformer virus coming up at us, which is way more contagious. And everyone knows this stuff, way more contagious and <clears throat> potentially less dangerous. New Brunswick, like you said, Fidel, is popping off. I, I don't know what more we can do. I mean, for those of us, I try to respect everyone's point of views and opinions. 
I do think there are some ridiculous point of views. I don't know if you folks saw what's happening in New Brunswick with like, you know me, you know, I hate to use this term, but these, these very light brown, these white people, <laughs> um, like posting on Facebook, like, trying to start militias, trying to recruit people for like military training, guerrilla warfare, manipulation, tactics, like literally. And I saw like one of the most recent anti-vax protests on Main Street with the woman on the megaphone being like, the government doesn't know what's coming. They don't know what we're going to do. I was thinking like, y'all are crazy. Like people of color can't get on a truck in Main Street and scream that kind of stuff. Like y'all are so lucky that you can say this stuff and get away with it. Um, What's going to happen with COVID? There's no way to predict the future. But one thing is for certain that just like um, phytoplankton and trees, like COVID's here forever. So we have to keep, if you're vaccinated, if you're wearing your mask, if you're, if you're doing your best to, to stay healthy. And I'm sick of these restrictions, I got to be honest. But um, if you're doing what you, everything you can do, I mean, that's what you can do. And I, I'm hoping that COVID gets weaker and we get stronger. In some in summation, Hillary, what's your take on all of this? Two years of amazing, wonderful. Comp- also, shout out to all these white people protesting, because you know there's nothing better to do other than freaking protest about a mass and vaccines. Uh, and I'm not like a huge fan of the government. I never have been, but I, you know, I respect science, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is really some kind of huge global conspiracy to control us and take us over, which they've already done, to be honest, for the most part. But I mean. Science is hard, and I respect these scientists, and it's just, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I I, want to interrupt Hillary for just say this rant about that, about the government and all that stuff you said. And if you guys guys are watching on video, please let me, and I apologize because I don't do this often, but to all you dumb motherfuckers out there. I apologize, go ahead. This, (laughs) this shit. Controls everything. Oh, the phone itself. <laughs> this shit like, phones, corporations. Yeah, yeah. This, it's, this it's shit done. right it's here. Control this shit already. You're too late. <clears throat> too late. And it's it ain't the government. No. Nope. This shit. This right here. That's what I mean. I mean, people in power. The people you don't even with money that you can't even you can't even read these numbers, how much money they have. Like the fact it's that when you, when people say conspiracy by the government and the government's trying to take us over. I'm like, no, dude, this did Mark Zuckerberg and all these, they did this already way before. In fact, the government is saying like, shit, we were dumb. These people got the juice. <laughs> they they're literally got the whole world under their control. Mark Zuckerberg can start a war if he wants to. He literally yeah. has the, the power to do that. And nobody could stop him. From the moment you got a Gmail account or signed up for Facebook and didn't read the terms in like 2000 and what, whatever, like six or seven, like it was done. It's a done deal. Like, do people even know that, like, even if you're, if you're signed into Facebook on your computer and you close all your Facebook tabs, if you don't log out of Facebook, they're allowed to still track everything you're doing. They're allowed to monitor every single thing you're doing, even if you don't have Facebook open. If you don't, I, I will recommend a documentary, and this is the first. I will, I'll do a couple of recommendations in this episode. The first documentary that I recommend is called "Terms and Conditions Required." It's a documentary about terms and conditions of Google, Facebook, and all of this stuff that nobody reads, and it's completely legal. And again, it's 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 insane what they can get away with, insane. and not just them, banks. 
I mean, the the people that think that the government is the big problem, I'm like, oh no, dude, you you have no idea what your biggest problem is, and you don't see it coming because those same anti-maskers and those same people saying that, you know, where they're doing all that shit on Facebook, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and that's their biggest like that's the biggest thing that 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 could affect our society, and people are like, eh, whatever anti-mass vaccines that's our problem and i'm like okay but sorry about that go ahead hillary <laughs> thank you um so much to comment on first of all i will say about the protesting recently that you forgot to mention the people in in fredericton or saint john holding up stars of david to make sure that everyone knew that vaccine uh, refusal is the same uh, ostracization as the Holocaust yeah, because there were multiple people carrying stars of David before Christmas to be like, no, this is the same as the genocide the Jews faced. So the level of stupidity does know no bounds in New Brunswick. And it doesn't here either. It's still happening here in Ontario too. Um, I will say like the two years of COVID so far personally were the better years of my life because uh, bars were closed. I had to face myself. I had to do a lot of introspection, a lot of growth, got to stay home, got to grow as a person. In terms of the pandemic itself and the way like the state of the world, I will give to you our listeners and the two of you, some information that I have, some statistical information. Because my job is in collaboration with the Public Health Agency of Canada, we were given money to conduct a survey. And wouldn't you know that in nine out of 10 provinces, more people actually don't know if they want to be vaccinated than the hard no. And the media is glorifying these anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers who are the ones protesting in the streets with stars of David, because that is like wild and it's entertaining and it's shock value, but where everything is going wrong. And like, I'm not a politician. I'm not saying I necessarily know best, but what evidence is showing is our organization is putting money in the vaccine hesitant who are indigenous people aware of sterilization who are black people who are aware of white doctors experimenting on them who don't trust the government because they are racialized impoverished and have never even been considered a human being in their own society and they are getting community leaders who look like them and sound like them to talk to them on their level and educate them and show them the options and then they give them body autonomy and those people nine times out of ten do choose to get vaccinated and there is a group of people that are not going to those community health centers who have those same hesitancies, who are being completely avoided in this conversation. They're being lumped in with the anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, and being treated like they are part of the problem when they could probably be swayed in being part of the solution, but they are being ostracized by the community and lumped in with these people who think that they're experiencing genocide and Holocaust and they're getting offended and they're getting defensive. And now they're not vaccinating because they're like sticking to their guns. It should also be noted that um, in New Brunswick, there technically are no community health centers because Blaine Higgs does everything through the horizon network and it's all through government funding. And so nothing is actually community based. So there are 
isn't really an opportunity for the Canadian Association of Community Health Centers to allocate funds to help New Brunswick situation. But in the other podcast I do for my job in Saskatoon, they did this and they saw an uptake in the Indigenous population of 300 people a day getting vaccinated. So there could be growth and there could be change, but it's more important to have this like civil war where we pit the anti-masks and anti-vax people who are never going to change their opinion. They were already thinking that the flu shot gave people autism. We were never going to get a hundred percent vaccine success rate. So you're pitting those people against the people who want the world to get to a better place. And you're missing an entire demographic of people who would maybe help. It's also very stupid that they are not giving out rapid tests. Now there was 2 million rapid tests for the entire population of Toronto. And they gave them out at liquor stores and at one subway stop. I've also heard that at some schools, they're raffling what teachers are allowed to give students rapid tests to take home instead of actually offering them to all students. That's a personal anecdote from a colleague. I don't know that it is in the news. However, because I feel like Clinton, I see you Googling away <laughs> to find if this is true. No, I'm fascinated. I'm not good. I'm, I'm just looking at my images for later for okay. something. No, you keep talking. This is fascinating. Me. No, this is very fascinating stuff you're speaking. Keep going. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's there's just like a lot of, I think, misinformation. And I don't understand. And actually, Jagmeet Singh tweeted about this yesterday. Don't understand why we all can't be mailed rapid tests to make the holiday season easier when they exist and we have them and we're supposed to be a first world country um, instead of making it almost like Hunger Games, a bidding war. And the people apparently in Toronto who got those rapid tests at the liquor stores are now selling them for astronomical amounts of money on like Marketplace and Kijiji um, and basically price gouging people instead of being good Samaritans or using them for their own health. Um, But to give people an example, there's 19% of people in New Brunswick who are unsure whether the population of 12 and under should be vaccinated and only 11% are saying no. 69.4% say yes, as conducted by the research that my association did. So 8%, there's 8% more of people who are just like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't have an opinion. We're not sure if this population should be vaccinated. I just think If everybody was educated, we talked about health in an equitable way instead of making health about fucking white supremacist systems, then maybe everyone would have body autonomy and it wouldn't be as bad as it is. But instead, we're making this a political issue, an economical issue, a racial issue. And I'm very frustrated, (laughs) as you can tell. (laughs) Well, do you feel that Trump really was was the person that made it a political issue right from the get go and it just catapulted from there? I'm not I would say even... absolutely no, not. not at all. Because I would say absolutely if Trump, not. No, if absolutely not. It would have no. existed anyways. But do you think he took it to new heights and new levels? Do you think if he wasn't president at the time when COVID started, that it would? It, you think it still would have been as politicized as politicized uh, no matter uh, what? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and I can tell you why. Look, Trump only gave a win to those that didn't have a win for so long. These people were always there. They have never left. They just had a guy that would follow them. Like, Trump is not dumb. He's a smart guy. He saw people that that would follow them. He saw people that would follow them, so he picked those people. And then he had a megaphone, which was Twitter and Facebook, and just blasted that. And these people chased that. 
But the problem, again, the same thing what I said to the cell phone, the big problem with our society, it is not the government. It is not the, the you know, the, the, the differential, the conspiracy is the way that we have three companies literally owning 90% of our data. And literally they are controlling everything that we do and not only controlling it, they are choosing what to what you read and what you don't read. And remember, again, another documentary, The Great Hack, which is on Netflix. It tells you about uh, Cambridge Analytica and how Donald Trump was able to get all of that. And, and that's I think that's the problem. We are in a society right now that we can hear the same news of 10 different versions and you can pick and choose what to believe of that same news instead of the actual facts. And that is not before we all read same, we all saw the same TV station, we all read the same newspaper. That's not the case. And Facebook and Google and stuff have done that. So uh, going back to that, it would have been the same thing. I think would it be would have been actually better if these companies were more regulated and they would have more responsibility? Yes. But it wouldn't happen if, if if the same outcome that ha- it, it just it would have been the same thing. I... I think that's really interesting. Sorry, really quick because yeah. this this ability to get ten different news sources has created lots of problems. But the potential for it was great because, like you said, back in the day, we only got one news source from one place and someone controlled that. So we didn't know if we were getting the truth or the facts or not. Um, We were just getting one story, so it was easier to believe. Um, Now there's, you get 10, 15, 20 stories, and there's all this this information, and something is probably the true story. Um, There has to be a next level, a next step of uh, taking control away from three companies and I don't know what that solution but is. That's, that's exactly what you said. It, we didn't we didn't change. We just changed the ownership. That's just what happened. That's, that's just the difference. Before it was the Murdochs, in New Brunswick was the Irvings, in, in X place was this person. Now we changed it to Mark Zuckerberg and yeah. Twitter and Google. That's that's the thing. We didn't we didn't change course, we just changed owners. So yeah. Yeah. that's that's pretty much what it is. Sorry, Hillary, what? No, I was just going to say that in terms of like making the pandemic political, it, it for me, it's there's the part of all of these media corporations, whether you want it to be Times and Transcript or you want it to be Facebook, are contributing to the narrative of pitting everybody against each other for entertainment value, for clicks, et cetera. But there's also the element of the the government having handled it wrong from the start, choosing to support the 1% over small businesses, choosing the economy over actually saving people's lives. And I think for me, that's where I find it to be political in Canada. It's not so much like Trump's influence or the media's influence as much as it's like the government that I never trusted <laughs> showed their ass in really being like, no, we don't actually care about your health. We care about our investors. We care about the 1% that vote for us. We care about white people. We've never really cared about your health because you guys can't spend Christmas together, but Angie's is open and Costco is open and Amazon's going to be in the trillions and New Brunswick's going to have like a surplus in revenue but you guys can't have social interaction, can't see each other because I don't believe the lockdown measures were ever 
instated and done in a way that would have ever helped the health of society. And whether that is for the point of survival of the fittest and population control and fucking killing off people, I don't know, but it certainly did not help people stay alive. The, the, the methodology of the last two years has completely gone against what like I feel science actually says, what the community health center model actually says, which should have been done to get us out of here instead of making it now the anti-vaxxers are the problem um, and you must all get your 10 booster shots to get your free slice of pizza and that'll be how COVID ends. And it's never going to end. The booster shots are never going to end. And I don't, I'm tired of blaming other people who just want body autonomy. I want the government to find a new course of action or to take more responsibility. That's wild. Wow. Maybe <laughs> this is, wow, this is a good episode. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I haven't even heard it back yet. It's one, one cool thing about 2020, I realized about 15, 20 minutes ago, though, is that I think this is only like the third time in 2021 that we had to speak about Trump, that we brought up his name at all. That is, a, that is a refreshing change. Well, well I, I, sure. I was going to jump chip on that. Like now what we're talking, like 2021 gave us an election. It was a Canadian election, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, it the results weren't what the Liberals wanted for sure. But uh, what did you guys like? What what did we take out of the out of the elections? Hillary, you were very vocal, so go ahead. <laughs> I got my pencil. I got my pencil because it was a COVID election, and Justin Trudeau gave me a pencil. He gave me nothing else. <laughs> That's not true. He showed us that in times of. <laughs> distress people will vote for people's party of canada and members of the semen retention party if they say that there will be no mask mandate because that is what atlanta canada did and that is very sad it did give more ndp seats i don't know what else it did (laughs) nothing else seemed to change um but that's how i felt about that election I think that childcare is now finally going to be $10 a day. I saw this week something like that. Well, and good uh, for all the people with the children. New Brunswick, wait, wait, wait. In New Brunswick, there's a problem, but we'll go, we'll go have it at <laughs> That's interesting. Anyway, that's that's how I feel. Like some some people really showed their ass that they vote for the most prevalent issue at the time, which was COVID specific. And that's why they voted, I think, PPC. Some things changed. Not much really changed. And I also racism. Well, yes, they racism. (laughs) If you were voting PPC, it was either you don't want masks or you're racist or both. And C2. That's what happened. That's how I feel. What about you, Clinton? What was your takeaway about this? Nothing. It was it was ridiculous. (laughs) It it just it just reinforced something Hillary said a few minutes ago, that people in power will take advantage of their power and themselves and their own desire to get more power over the common interests of the citizens they're, they're embodied to protect, that they're sworn to protect and, and help. Um, I don't know that COVID, the media like to make the narrative that, you know, if you have an election, it's going to make a crazy spread of COVID. I don't think that happened in any of the elections, but it just wasn't... Ah. I just wasn't necessary. It was it was a lot of bull. And I'm glad that the liberals got I don't know if they got well, I'm not a political analysis. I feel like they got a little bit weaker, but I'm just glad that I don't know. The election was bullshit. Well, the, the conservatives got I think I will say that I think the conservatives got a little bit weaker than the liberals for sure, because they 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 have not uh 
Uh, again, if you look at provincial-wise, the conservative government is uh, a... <laughs> I meant nationally, but you're right. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a couple. And I mean, especially like right now, Aaron O'Toole is fighting for his life to stay where he's at. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to get it. What I will say is this. I, I, I will say I'll, I'll commend Justin Trudeau because he has given Black people some money. Uh, say what you say. This is a Black podcast. He gave Black people some money. Amazing. I will definitely congratulate them for that. Money uh, and a pencil. Uh, again, it whatever, get money, pencils, t-shirts, whatever. But he 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 did good programs for the black community. Uh is it enough? Of course not, but it's a start. Uh definitely, I, I can definitely say that that I can give that props to him. Uh I will also give him props on the CRB. Uh that was a very good program. Uh, you can say what you want to say. Some people took advantage of it like they all do all the time, but that's normal. Uh, he definitely did a job for that. What I will not to do is say that he thought he had a slam dunk with this election and that was <laughs> not the case. Um, he definitely timed it super wrong. He shouldn't have done that. That hurt his popularity. Uh, and again, that's definitely something that I take that, that I take for this election is that you can't believe everything you hear <laughs> and i think he heard oh i'm lovable and he definitely get that and also i will say that it was the worst timing and not and i will not say this just for new not just for the federal because we had our election in 2020 which was a total power grab by blank hicks and look at the results of it it's a total shit show uh and he has no we can't do shit now because he has a quote-unquote majority. Uh, and we are dealing with a virus. Same thing happened in Winnipeg. Same thing happened in different places. So not necessarily provincial elections were bullshit too. Uh, I just think that basically you got to take politicians for what they are, politicians, and not necessarily that they're getting your best interest. Go ahead, Hillary. I didn't want to cut you off. I just didn't want to forget to say rest in politics, Anime Paul, and we'd still like to have you on the show, but we're mm, really sorry yes. about 2021 for you. Sorry. Just come when you get your book, because that's the only way. You got to spill that tea, because, I mean, that shit was crazy. Well, you don't and need to release a book to come on the show, but if you did, that'd be cool. I'd mean, love to have Anime Paul. For now, why don't you go over quick? We had a crazy amount of, like, Famous politicians on the show this year. Before <laughs> before we finish talking about politics, and we're not bragging, but we had some cool ass guests. Well, well yeah, we had Matthew Green. We had uh, we had Selena Sister Chavanes. Um, we definitely who else we had? I don't. I think we had those. Uh, we had um, Jean, Jean Jean Augustine. Jean Augustine. Oh, yeah. We, we, Augustine. We had Jean Augustine for sure. Uh, but coming that like we we definitely had the politician we wanted to have on Paul and Leslie Lewis. Uh, hopefully, I'll we'll 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 go for them next year. Anime Paul was the craziest case for a black person in politics for sure. Uh, shout out to the Green Party that now you're tied less racist as well, like the other parties. Yay! <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we definitely had some some good politicians, and uh, hopefully, we'll have more next year. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely think that uh, black people in politics in Canada is is definitely something that we need to we all need to be concerned about because. I'll be honest with you, uh, it, it's not looking good for us people. I, I think you, black people here, like, it ain't looking great. Uh, so you better be involved in this shit because it ain't looking great for us. <laughs> it's just not. 
Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think one of the for me the one of the impacted uh, uh, interviews was Matthew Green. I think he was a super insightful guy, uh, super genuine person. Uh, he got really real with us, which I, I we definitely uh, will definitely want to make sure that we give shout out to him, and hopefully we'll have him again. Mm-hmm. And and I mean I I want to speak. I would like to speak with more people like him because he he knows where he come from. And he definitely understands what what his what his role is as a as a politician. So that will um, uh, we should talk about some of our biggest um, like posts of the year. Some of the, our biggest engagement. Like we, uh, we we're not only a podcast; we are <clears throat> a social media channel as well. We are active on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're getting more and more active on YouTube. Um, sorry, do you mind if I go in this direction? Well, uh, definitely the TikTok. We have to talk about that. Didn't we get like millions of views or something? Yeah, millions of views on TikTok. (laughs) 3.2 million views on TikTok throughout the year. Uh, 99.5% Hillary running that. (laughs) It was amazing. I think it was up to about 9,000 followers right now. Um, Yeah, almost 10. Almost 10. That's exploded. Um, I don't have stats for that, but I, I, I did look up some of our biggest Facebook posts of the year. And really interestingly enough, uh, our biggest Facebook post of the year was uh, like a, sh- a short meme or a quote. And I think you're the one that shared this for them. Um, it was a quote. It was a reminder. It said, women do not need to be polite to someone who is making them feel uncomfortable. And those simple words just exploded on our social media with 557 reactions, 49 comments and over 50 shares. Um, that was back in May of 2021. Um so that was a big post. Um, the second one, which is fitting and really cool, was our congratulations post to um, Kasim Dumbia, who was New Brunswick's first ever Black elected mayor. Uh, so that post got 436 likes on our Facebook page. So that was a really big thing. We've yet to have him on the show. So mental note, we, we should really try to get him on for 2022 to see how that's going. Um no surprise here. Um, one of our one of our podcasts that got the most likes on Instagram was one with Drake's picture on it. Uh, it was the episode where we talked about Drake being um, named Bill. Uh, Bill, oh, my internet connection is becoming unstable. Billboard's Artist of the Decade. Um, the post that Hillary made about uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day, sharing re- educational resources, uh, got three hundred twenty-one reactions, and then. Hillary's post uh, discussing about the PPC game, gaining traction and stuff like that with extreme right wing political groups also got 307 reactions. So lots of big posts throughout the year. And there's other notable ones. The, the recent one of um, the murder case of Ahmad Arbery, uh, his killers becoming convicted was another big one. And our number one post of the year that got the most reach, not necessarily the most likes, was um, trauma therapist out in Nova Scotia, Stacey Daku, uh, when we posted about her and did an episode talking about Black trauma and, and Black issues and stuff like that, that that post got a lot of reactions to. Yeah, shout out to Stacey. Uh, we definitely should have her back again because I think mental health is, is something that we need to to kind of get. Now, I will say this. Did you know that the Fredericton, uh, the Fredericton, uh, march that happened you know who organized it no nope. the, the right the, wing no no the ppc tantric guy that you were shut oh, up obsessing yeah, over was, for oh my goodness he was he, he was that he was the one that, no. yeah, 
you don't understand. I, so as I said, in my little summary of this year, I'm writing a play and I am writing a play. It's going to get, okay. A little trigger warning. E it's about some of my sexual trauma and it's very cathartic, but every week we make a joke that what if in the middle of the play, this guy would get referenced and the answer to everyone's sexual trauma would be semen retention. And I make this joke every week with my dramaturgs because I can't get over this news. And I, we've it's gotten to the point in the joke where we're like, what if we tricked him into thinking it was like an homage to him and came to the play? It, it's gone way too far, but I cannot believe, well... I can believe that someone racist who believes that their cum is the essence of the world would be like, yeah, anti-vaxxing, like forcing vaccination is the same as the Holocaust. I guess it's not that big of a reach, but good God, this guy. <laughs> What's your boy's name? Actually, we shouldn't mention it on the, never mind, never mind. I, I don't want to mention it. But Let's not I mention mean, it. Never mind. Never mind. I mean, but that was kind of funny. It was like, oh, this is kind of, that, that, that organized the march. I'm like, oh. That is really funny. There, there we go. So uh, check out that episode. If you if you haven't checked out that episode, please do. I think I one, was, of funniest, one of our funniest episodes. I was going to list it as one of my favorite episodes. I think it's one of the ones where we were the most unhinged and the closest to like black in the Maritimes after dark. And I loved it. I thought that it was really funny. I thought it was great. And none of the adults in my life have knocked on my door to be like, I can't believe you said that. And so I think I got away with it. That's a big win for you. That's a big, a big win. win. Yes. You did, your personal life was not ruined as a result of uh, that one episode. Uh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I always say, and I, I will say this with everybody, it's just a matter of time till in a few years. It's not going to be now, but in 10 years, something that we said in this podcast is going to come and bite us. Oh. Yeah, we're all in shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all in shit for this. If we ever get, if any of us ever like get huge, like we are all in shit. You know those posts and tweets. One tweet that could ruin someone's career from twenty years ago. Like we're we're donezo. I am completely aware that one of these shit is gonna come <laughs> and they're gonna edit it <laughs> and they're gonna say he said this. <laughs> yeah. that's I'm why I'm been downwards. very upfront. That's why I'm like you can't you can't get me. If I am the one screaming about my addictions and my traumas at the top of my lungs, it is a, it is on my name tag. And so you can't get me for that. But you at this point, I think, could get me for talking about semen retention a little too much. And so I'll stop now. Yeah, but future I'm, prime minister of a <laughs> female prime minister of Canada. I'm going to have some semen retention sound bites. But I mean, that, I think that's the thing. Like, I think 2021 also uh, gave us a little bit of what cancel culture is and it, like and what it should be like for technically I I seen that I don't care in what aspect of your political aspect or your personal aspect. I think one thing is accountability and one thing should be cancel culture. And I definitely feel that cancel culture is not a good thing. It's definitely not good for anybody because we've seen the effects of it and nothing really happens. Like nothing really happens. So if you look at like who people cancel, Kanye, still here. 
Uh, who else they try to cancel? Dave Chappelle, obviously. The baby. Dave Chappelle, the baby. The baby. The baby yeah, yeah. Donald Trump. Donald Trump got deleted. <laughs> like he literally got deleted of the whole damn thing. Like he the 2021 cancel culture just gets you likes and attention and posts and gets your music played and your your episode, your TV, your shows watched. It's go on. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, like like cancel culture got like like I think we we gotta take in retrospective back. We as humans, we should all disagree and agree to disagree. But just because you don't like something doesn't mean that you have to cancel it. Like, don't watch it. Don't support it. That's your your choice. That's cool. But don't be on a riot. Like, like I remember, like, when the mask thing happened, like, people were like, boycott Walmart. I'm like, what the fuck is boycotting Walmart? Nobody goes there because they love Walmart. We go there because it's cheap. Like, nobody yeah. goes there. Yeah. So... A lot of the like anti-mask movements here or like riots here, they had a demonstration inside a Dollarama and inside a Tim Hortons. And I'm just like, how are these? Where's the correlation? But apparently last night, two nights ago, 12 people did show up at Doug Ford's house. Um, So very concerning. But Doug Ford's daughter is also out there on social media saying like, fuck the mandates. And it's like, well, it's your dad. But I digress. Mm. I don't understand boycotting businesses that are just following the policies. And that aspect of cancel culture makes no sense. But I don't I, go ahead, Clinton. You sure? Yeah, um, go ahead. I think yeah, I think cancel culture is a little ridiculous um, as a phenomenon and a fad. But I, I do think that sometimes as and this is, you know, I, I this is from we used to have a show called On Second Thought with Alan, uh, and he he made a really good point. I think sometimes as a culture, if you agree that something is not acceptable anymore because of how we've moved forward as a culture um, towards equality and recognition and stuff like that, as a culture, sometimes it's okay to agree to cancel things like uniformly, not in some kind of like rage or like in like Twitter mob fest, but you know, there are things like there's a lot of movies from the eighties that no, we're not going to like cancel those movies, but you have to agree that that cannot be a part of culture moving forward. Like making those kinds of jokes or saying those kinds of things. So that's not cancel culture, but I'm just saying, well, cancel culture is a bit ridiculous. Sometimes as a culture, but I do have to cancel uh, things. No, but I think what there's two things, there's accountability and there's cancellation. Like for example, When you look at Me Too, Me Too wasn't trying to cancel anybody. They were trying to hold this man accountable for crimes. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly. These people committed crimes, legit crimes against women, and they needed to be held accountable for it. I am totally up for that. I'm totally up for accountability. And if social media is the way better right that's 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 there's accountability and i think accountability like we have to say that there's racist movies in the 50s and in the 60s that hip-hop is misogynistic in the 90s and the 2000s like yes let's all hold accountability and, and make sure that people are held accountable uh for those decisions and they will they cannot turn it back real crimes like like real crimes should be held accountable but if you don't like what uh, Cameron said in the 2000s, you can't take that back. Like, like th- I'm sorry, that was the era. You don't have to listen to it anymore and you don't have to think that it's right. But unfortunately, that was the time. That was where, like, do we hate blackface? Of course we do. 
we all think is bad, but can we change the movies in the 1920s? No, I wouldn't watch them. I would not encourage people to promote them. Of course not. Like I would be like, definitely we need to hold people accountable, but can we change it? We did now, but not then. So it is what it is. Uh, but I, I think that's, I think that's what we want to make sure that like cancel culture, what, like, for example, I think Doja Cat probably got canceled like four times in, <laughs> in 2021. You can't, you can't cancel the queen of TikTok. <laughs> she just like, keeps coming back with another banger and everyone's got to like make dances over the same 30 seconds. And they forget that she's apparently racist towards her own people and i didn't care enough to ever look into it so i don't even know and again i think i think people tell like she's a 21 year old girl and she said it when she was like 17 like it's it's crazy like that's what i don't get like again i was saying like you someone said something 20 years ago i was making that joke but can't these people just come out and say like i've learned i've grown and they've obviously if they've really grown like why why are people's opinions from 20 years ago it depends on what they say, but why are opinions from 20 years ago? I know Hillary. I know what you're thinking. Um, like, no, I was looking up Doja Cat's to... age. I was looking okay. up her age because I was okay. like, there's no way she's 21. She's but, I mean, 26. The goal of living is to grow, right? So, I mean, when this stuff comes out, someone said something on who was it? Who got canceled from doing the? What was it the? I was going to say this. Kevin the... Hart for Kevin... saying yeah. something homophobic 10 years ago didn't get to host the Oscars, and I, someone who dabbles in queer culture sometimes was like that's dumb but you can't delete that tweet retroactively all you can do is say i don't hate gay have people you now. grown yes no yes you've grown okay you yeah. can do the show like yeah ask them like have you grown do you still feel this way no absolutely not okay we cool yeah <laughs> and and that's this thing like for example i'll bring this which is very very like it was very uh polarizing and i didn't understand why it was polarizing i'm like to who and this was the Justin Trudeau blackface thing. Uh, when he did the blackface, it was like, what, 20 years after, right? And I was like, okay. So he did brown face and people felt offended. But I'm like, wait a minute. So is this like the other party that is equally as racist is got to capitalize on this? Like, what, what, what's the angle here? Like, 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 well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna blame somebody that did something 20 years ago. So we can vote to the other people that are even as bad as, or racist. I'm like, I didn't check the angle of it. And, and we were like, people don't care because again, uh, as much as is bad, it is a bad thing that he did that. But unfortunately in that era, it wasn't people didn't look at it in the same angle it it was just it just wasn't the same angle and is it bad of course it is but now unfortunately we hope he grew better than that but i didn't understand the angle from like what is this what the opposition got like did you guys remember that you guys didn't want immigrants or people and and like you were trying to deport people and having second tier citizenship with that shit's racist as fuck. And you're going to say like, oh, he's racist. I'm like, but you're racist too. Like, I, anyways, go ahead. I know we're not even done the episode yet, but I like, I, I just want to say that I, I think the past few years have been like really wild and crazy. And I think that a lot of things have been torn apart and I think they had to be. I hope in 2022, and I, this might be overly optimistic. I hope in 2022, we can all kind of like smarten up a bit and like, calm down and relax and mature and see how we can grow from all sometimes to, to fix things you got to tear them to pieces um i hope that society can start to be like okay how do we want to be in the future how do we want to evolve as humans like 
everything we're saying is just like shit's been torn to pieces. I hope the internet matures. I hope people mature on the internet. That's my. I'll, I'll just say really quickly that looking back now, not enough people made the joke. If you want a brown guy with a turban, just elect. Jagmeet Singh, where were those jokes instead of just letting Justin Trudeau be depicted as racist? I feel like there was a marketing opportunity there that yeah, everyone ignored. I wish I had a DeLorean. That would be it, like... It included Jasmine Singh. Included yeah. him. <laughs> the and I want to say, you gave, you gave Justin Trudeau credit for the CRB, CERB, but I, I, I think we got to give a nod to Jagmeet Singh because Justin Trudeau wanted to give a lot less what do you he wanted to give like next to nothing? And Jagmeet Singh came out and he was like, no, you got to support these people. And yeah. I think that was part of the turning point that made Justin Trudeau smart enough and actually say, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm going to give some more. Isn't that, is that not correct? Am I like, I believe well, I don't think Justin Trudeau gets full credit for that. I well, know he was the man in power, but. Again, I don't think uh, like when you look at Canadian government, you can't give it credit to Justin Trudeau at all because it's a it's a bipartisan like he's just the leader of the liberals. Uh, but it it has to be done to parliament. But, yeah, I do agree that not Jasmine Singh should have and everybody in parliament because it took it took consensus to do it. Uh, unfortunately, because Justin Trudeau had the majority at that point or like a like cat. Yeah had minority government, but he needed consensus from the NDP yep. and the uh, Bloc Quebecois. Uh, definitely. So, yeah, that, they, he definitely fits into that. And also with the Black program, again, I think uh, with the yeah. Black funding program, uh, if we go into that sense, of course, the NDP and even the Bloc Quebecois, which is uh, not the best party around, but even they deserve a, a little bit of handout for that. So I was about to say something that was definitely going to get me in trouble in 20 years from now. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I got I, trouble at a Christmas party recently about my opinions about the Quebecois. So I will <laughs> abstain from speaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not Quebec, like black in Quebec. So definitely, there, there's like oh, we wouldn't be allowed to have this podcast. <laughs> oh no, no, I think there is. There's a couple of podcasts, but they're in French. And I, I think at one at one point, you guys weren't in the podcast uh, at that point. But I think some some guys from Quebec. Uh, uh, there's a lot of podcasts about being like you know like black Quebecers and and even natives in in different lands that they talk about their issues uh and they definitely uh, some of them have reached out to us over the years and I, I think definitely they are they are they're quite important but yeah Quebec is a different type of animal so we're never ever ever going to discuss anything Quebec unless it's like national news because it's like shit that shit shit there is wild like the hijab thing anything anyways what i was talking about at dinner they got me in trouble yeah so. <laughs> we won't talk about that the, 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 like it's just it's just crazy so let, let's take that like clinton but a but a good point like what do we hope for 2022 like clinton said something which was like he hopes that they will have less crazy internet uh less crazy thing i i would say by myself that uh I hope 2022 is way less political. People start learning more about politics and we're less political, less divisive. Because I will say people don't give a fuck about politics. People want to be, have, you know, they want to have a stable income. They want to feed their families. They want to be happy. Uh, I think we, the media blows things out of proportion because again, it's all about clicks and likes and views. Uh, and I definitely think that we have social media that kind of feeds into that. Uh, but I think we should be way, I think we should be way, way less political and West, 
less partisan and, and we should just focus on what we as humans want. So I, I can definitely say I, I would. I want 2022 to start that type of conversation or hopefully people can start having that mentality. Um, I think, guess I think that for society, like obviously I hope that COVID starts to finally after it'll be three years wrap itself up, come to a close, come to a plateau, come to at least some sort of a better place. And the same thing I probably would have said in 2020 is that I hope that like we learn something from this. If the takeaway is that, Hey, white people, the government's been treating us the way that you now feel (laughs) like if that's the takeaway, if there's some kind of encouragement of empathy and compassion around the human condition, I would be appreciative of the going on three years that we as a society have struggled together. I hope that people continue to educate themselves, that people continue good allyship, which I also had a have a question for you guys. Um, yeah, I think by and large, that's what I hope for 2022 and that we as a platform continue to grow. Um, and Clinton, I don't know if you wanted to add more to your wishes about 2022, but I have a question. And my question is, after this many years of, and this is a weird wording, but let's say prospering from the Black Lives Matter movement, and from that I mean the smallest amount of justices have been served to people, do you think entering this third year of the pandemic, things will come to a head? And the world will, you know, continue to just be as racist? Or do you think more Black movements will continue to grow and we will continue to see more allyship? Or do you foresee that, like, as people get more annoyed with COVID and become bad people again, that things will start to go down the chute? You want to go first? Oh, I thought she said Clinton. (laughs) Uh, Oh, just me? Hillary, you're on mute. I think you, you're on mute. Um, I was just saying that I threw it to Clinton in case you wanted to add more about 2022. Um, oh, I didn't want to cut anyone I, off. But No, no, that's okay. My answer is, I think, pretty simple. Um, I The world is big, so I don't know where in the world we'll get more racist and where in the world we'll get less racist. Um, and, you know, you know, some of these thoughts and reflections are... You know, influenced by my wife, who is a North African, um, grew up in Moncton, New Brunswick, and just never really felt like she belonged anywhere. And, you know, has at times taken some issues about uh, feeling that, you know, the world is focusing on Black people and their struggle and their plights and Indigenous people and leaving all the other people of color behind. Um, now, we've had a lot of discussions on that, whereas I would say that, you know, ending, working to end racism is working to end racism. Ending racism means an increased equality for all. Um, and so it, in the end, I, I would hope that humanity continues to work towards equality for all. I, I firmly believe that as humans, we all deserve an equal chance, an equal fitting, uh, an equal footing, I mean, to to be all we can be. And then we have the opportunity to make the best of it or to fuck that up. Um, but I, from when I joined the podcast in 2020, um, you know, one of the hashtags I always use when I'm making our social media posts is equality for all, no matter what. Um, that's what I would hope to see. I don't, I think a lot of people's 
I think a lot of people who showed up in a fake way um, are going to continue to go back to being however they were before. I don't think they're going to necessarily get more racist. I think people who are highly polarized and highly influenced by, you know, the wrong, in my opinion, the wrong social media may get more racist, but probably we're already going to be racist. But again, maybe overly optimistic. I think these past few years of Black Lives Matter movement and COVID and realizing, uh, you know, like you said, Hillary, that what it feels like to be treated shittily, um, I think we will move the bar forward. I think we have moved the bar forward. I think we can, unless there's some catastrophic event, look forward um, for our young ones and our children to a world that is slightly less racist and hateful than what we inherited. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very complex question, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of similar it to Canada and North America, that that's what we are. Uh, I think we give the white men too much credit sometimes or, or, or the people too much credit. I, I definitely think we, 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 we give people too much credit for what they're worth. I think, I think people need to understand that racism is not just people. It's a system that was built. It's just, it's just a system that was built. We can't see it. it. It doesn't affect white people because white people don't have to go through it. So if you're not black or brown or, or something that's not white, you don't really care or it doesn't, you don't want to ever see it because it's just not going to affect you. So going back to, to that, I think uh, we as people in next year and all these years, and because of things like the internet and Black Lives Matter, which is a double-edged sword, I think we have to understand that we need to make the change as people of color. Uh, I, I think all of these associations, like, uh, like, you know, all these Black associations that are happening in Atlanta, Canada, uh, uh, happening all over this place. I think that's a good that's a good way. But only if people of color start making the change is only when the change is going to happen. It, it is. It takes allies, of course. It's it's going to take more people. But it's only the people that are affected that can make the change. And when we say that, and we can say like, oh, you know, the government or this or that. Let's just let's just take a take a step back. We blame a family in New Brunswick for a lot of things. We blame them for a lot, which they rule. They they do have a lot of power. But if you take if you take a scale back, these people are not in government. <laughs> they're not. They are not in government. They don't have a seat. They don't have, they're not counselors. They have the economic ability and the resources to do things outside the system so the system can change. And as people of color, we're not saying we're going to be rich billionaires, but we do have the resources and things to move things outside the system so the system can change, just like billionaires do. The only thing is that we don't, we're not going to do it with money. Uh, we, we're going to have to do it with resources. So I definitely think that we are going to change. It's, it's a, it, I definitely think that change is going to happen and things, the movement, but I also think that it, it's, it has to be in people of color's head that we are the change. We are the people that have to make this change. Nobody's going to make it for us because it doesn't affect other people that is not us. So I, I think that's that's a, the briefest answer that I can give. See, I, I think that while, while like the majority of what you said is right, a lot of the systems in place do benefit the white elite. And I think if white 
poor people, white middle class people, white working class people started to look at the system that they're a part of and realize that like, it's sort of like this argument that I had that I'm sure I talked about earlier in the year of like the the specific type of people that are so gung-ho for people like Elon Musk to get on the move seem to be like these white bros who would never get taken there. They're like these big fanatics and supporters, but I don't know how directly they would benefit by a billionaire going to the moon and he's not going to bring you with him. You're basically dirt under his shoe. I wish those people, the people, and that's, I think what I meant in my hope for 2022, that COVID has really shown that you can be a white small business owner and still be treated really crappy by your government in times of distress and not given bailouts or funding, et cetera. And that's a lot of what we're feeling. And while I do think a lot of change could be made if black people got educated and how empowered by politics, if white people also educated themselves about how politics really work and talked about what we did in the other episode about the fact that like, if one MP changed their mind, couldn't they like sort of I don't want to use the words overthrow Blaine Higgs, but couldn't there be a change in government? But they're willing to complain, but they're not willing to do the work and really listen to it because they're not suffering as much as us. But I think if they realize that they are suffering just a a little bit, maybe they could evoke that much more change in positive allyship. But it's much easier to go with the status quo and not ruffle feathers and not educate yourself and really look at the situation you're in. But I think that's that's, what I think. I think that's why I said it's complex because what you said is it's in the economical factor, which I definitely agree that 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 is economical. But when we talk about people of color, uh, if I'm a poor black man and I and there's a poor white man same we're we're in the same predicament we both work at a factory we work you know we make 20 30 thousand dollars a year we're in the same predicament right here's the problem if i go to a store to buy cheese uh and the white clerk thinks i'm stealing i'm probably gonna get beat up by the police if the same white man goes to buy cheese there's a less accountability that he probably could get beat up by the police. Uh, so that's why it's very complex, because when we talk about the system with people of color, it's just not money uh, or it's just not wealth. Like, yeah, that's cool. And that's part of it. But let's talk about, like, how can I buy a home? And unfortunately, because I'm black, I get the poorest education and the poorest everything because I'm in a black neighborhood or basically that I can get beat up on the police and have less accountability because I, because I am uh, a minority. So I think there's, I think there's, like I said, I think there are very valid points in like when it comes to income inequality and wealth and wealth and things like that. Uh, and coming back to guys like Elon Musk is because like, you know, they are brand, their brand and products and people think that they can replicate what they're doing. Uh, but I think when it comes to black people, again, black people can get killed by their homes to, in the police kills them in their homes. <laughs> like, like when was the last time you saw a white person that the police killed them in their home? And the black person was not doing anything. They were just chilling, sleeping, coming from work and nothing happened. Right. Like a guy got choked out because he they thought he was buying uh, with a fake ten dollar bill. <laughs> like, like 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 these things are like things that, that you get like we just did a, 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 an, an episode on CBC about kids getting bullied at school. Right. And these kids, it's not about money, it's that they just look different, right? So I, I think that's those those are it, it's a very complex answer, but I, I we still go to that. I think we need to make those changes because I think it, it, they're not gonna be made for us because we have a 
there's a lot of things that affect people of color. There's a lot of things that are way beyond that white people couldn't even imagine. Like, and I mean, I will give you a shout out to Hillary because you have exposed a lot of those things in your personal lives in your blog, right? Uh, but those things that you have put, a white person would have never imagined that that shit would have happened. Like they would have never even think that that would happen. They would be like, oh my God. But again, these things happen to people of color. They, a white person would never be able to relate because it doesn't happen to them, right? So that's what I say on that. Clinton? I've got nothing to add. I mean, I agree with you both completely. Yeah, so uh, let's not give people too much uh, thing because I think we're going to go for like an hour. We gave, a, I think we could go yep. for like three hours of getting all of this stuff done. So uh, people, happy new year. Uh, hope you still listen to us. Uh, <laughs> if you cancel us, well, we're still going to do this podcast, unfortunately, because we're still going to do this, whether you like it or not. Shout out to all the races of this year uh, that leave comments. Go ahead. Shout out to CBC for all of the opportunities that you've been giving us. I was going to do that in my closing. I've been thinking about that five minutes ago. We should have mentioned that earlier. Go on, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Just thank you very much. Also, I I believe we're going to be on like the week before this airs, and that's very cool. And we're really excited for these opportunities, and we hope to continue to help you grow. And we expect you to call us for Black History Month because that's our month. Um. And everyone who's also helped me in my endeavors and asked me to participate in French content on behalf of black in the American times je vous remercie au fond de mon coeur <laughs> i mean i will shout say, out to specifically you go first Peter. no don't call me i'm too busy i i i don't don't do it right now i can't call me yeah. call me <laughs> i'm here at my desk being black ready to talk about it go ahead clinton sorry no, I mean, we always say shout out to CBC. I just wanted to get a little bit more specific. You know, we really want to give a huge shout out to Information Morning in Moncton. You know, Kareen, Jana, Khalil, thank you so much for all the trust and faith you put in us. Um, I mean, earlier this year in February, we got to do the Information Morning Takeover uh, for Black History Month. We 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 were on CBC for two hours straight. Uh, they trusted us to you know create our own content, put out our own message, and they let us roll with that. Like to be broadcast on on, on the radio. Like no no scripts, no telling us what we had to say. They gave us the platform for for Canada's first ever um, Emancipation Day. Recognized Emancipation Day. We got to do it again. They gave us they gave us the platform for two hours to speak to the people of New Brunswick, specifically in Moncton. Thank you so much for that. Um, and thank you to, you know, CBC, of course, but um, Corinne, Jana, and Khalil, like, directly, specifically for, you know, taking, like, having us on the show <clears throat> so many times in the morning throughout the year, uh, just to, to, to allow our voices to be added to the ether, to the opinions of, of New Brunswickers. Um, that was really big. And we, we can't tell you, if you're listening, how much we appreciate the trust you put in us. All right. Yeah. Thank you for them. And uh, to other media platforms, hey, uh, just give us a call, I guess. Don't like, I'll, I don't know, do whatever. I don't care. Don't call Fidel during Black History don't Month, apparently, Fidel, though. though. Call in January yeah. and then follow up in March till the end of the year. <laughs> Yo, Black yeah, History Month. Black History Moms becomes wild. I don't even. I'm already wild. already black, getting black asked, people going wild. I'm already <laughs> being asked to do stuff for Black History Month, and we're December. 
Like, yeah, yeah. So like, before we wrap up, like, where are we taking BITM in 2022? Like, you know, we're gonna. I think we're gonna expand the website. We're gonna make it much more of an. I, 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 this may or may not happen. We're trying to make it more of an interactive hub for people to get to. Um, you know, if you're interested in getting involved in Black in the Maritimes, we're not sure exactly how that would work. Uh, you know, if you're listening to the end, you're a real soldier. So you're definitely someone that should be reaching out to us. If you are interested in contributing in any way or have a talent or skill or an idea of how to make to get to humbly like help this platform get out to more and more people to help affect change and like i keep saying move the bar in new brunswick and make a better future for for the people of tomorrow um get in touch with us regarding that i, I think those are two big things we're focusing on for 2022 and i think this has been one of our greatest episodes of the year i, I think at least for me, it was really great reflecting on everything with you too. And I'm looking forward to 2022. I'll say very briefly for 2022, I'm hoping that we will start an endeavor into some French content. I'm French. really excited to be partnering with yeah. the French school system and actually like tra translating some of our content, which is very kind of them to offer. Um, so I'm really excited that that work will be done and that we'll be able to start reaching a new audience. And then um, I'm participating in a BIPOC youth conference and I'll have more information on that uh, early next year but it'll be free for all people to watch and partake in. There's even stuff about cryptocurrency. Fidel, I hope to see you there. Clinton too. Getting all crypto. I will say there's a lot of things coming. I will not say anything just because You're I You're so secret. <laughs> I can't you say anything. You gotta speak anything. about this more. I thought your 2022 predictions were definitely going to involve something cryptocurrency related, but but hey. Uh, no. BITM coin. <laughs> I, I'm just going to shut my mouth and work and you guys will see because it's it's just like for me personally, I I think how we're, where we're heading as a platform, uh, I think it's, it, it will be kind of interesting where we're going to head up. Uh, but I also I'm also very uh, how can I put the word? I think I, I think I want people to kind of not just see our work as what we do, but we also want to make sure that, you know, we can help people and other uh other communities in the black community so i think i think i think that's one of the things i think uh basically we want or at least i would like to help more uh people in different ways uh especially within the black community so i can't say a whole lot because this these these things need to be kind of made and tied and uh, we don't know what the results may be so stay tuned that's all <laughs> that's all i can say BITM uh, governance token in, in 2022 is, is what he's saying. You, you, you just somebody, just, just somebody's probably going to copy that and do it right away. But but anyways, we'll see. So uh, <laughs> guys, uh, again, just uh, follow us on social media. Uh, Happy New Year's, Black in the Maritimes on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we don't have Snapchat, but I don't think we should because we have too many of them. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We don't have that. Uh, just follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to blackinamaritimes.com for more information, which is kind of getting a little bit of makeover. That's I will say that, that we're getting a little bit of a makeover of the website. Uh, please donate on Patreon or PayPal. We'll, we'll definitely get that. So, guys, anything else you want to say? Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Um, thanks right. for listening to us. Um, and I love both of you. Thanks for putting up with my shenanigans all year long. Here's to another very good year with the two of you. You're, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
he means you too. Yes, what he means. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>